you never know when the next president is going to live at your community or the doctor that finds a cure for cancer or a person who is of great influence in the world, taking care of those folks that have entrusted you to be their provider or industry partner, you know, what you're serving to the folks who are doing that, I think is so critical. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees. Well, I hope you guys had a wonderful holiday season. Mine was great. It was very cold, as was most of the country. And uh, for those of you that had to deal with frozen pipes and water leaks and shoveling snow, thank you. So that applause is for you. So as most of our audience knows, there was a student housing conference in early December. It was the third annual LeaseCon TurnCon, and it took place here in Charlotte. I had a blast. We hosted a mixer the first night of the conference and, and had a fantastic turnout. It was great to just meet so many people that have been listening to the podcast. Some of them I've received messages from. Some of them I've never received a message from, but they came up and introduced themselves. And to those of you that did that, I really appreciate it. It meant the world to me. And I hope we can continue to produce the content here that you found value in. But anyway, back on the conference, first of all, biggest crowd to date. I'm always a a bit worried about attendance just because it's so close to the holidays and there's a lot going on this time of the year, but the conference just, it it keeps getting bigger and bigger year after year. Big props to the smaller management firms that attended. You know, there's about, I don't know, 1.2, 1.5 million beds that are represented across the top 25 to 30 management firms in the U.S., there's about four to five million more beds, and, that, and that's being really conservative, but about four to five million beds that are managed by small regional mom and pop operators, as well as some non-student housing firms. They're conventional, but they've got some student housing that's in their portfolio. And so it was great to see so many of those firms attend this conference. I think this is this is the perfect conference for companies of that size because from an operation standpoint, it gives you an opportunity to meet with some of the bigger companies, see how they're doing it. I've been really impressed with meeting with those small mom and pops and find out how they're doing student housing management, especially when it comes to turn, because so many of those are scattered site operators. And I've always told people, look, student housing is just a different beast, scattered site operation is a different beast and then you put student housing on top of that and i just i've got a lot of admiration for those operators and so it was great to to spend some time with them and and get their input on things as well next takeaway i think was definitely the w collective they did a fantastic job of opening the conference of course the episode previous to this one we had the co-founders, Erica uh, White and Whitney Kidd, who gave that opening presentation at LeaseCon. We had them on the uh, on the podcast and, and kind of went through everything that they've 
been doing this past year from as far as impacting policy and getting conversations started and where things are headed in 2023. But their opening panel, I guess is the best way of putting it. The room was, I, I wouldn't call it packed, but it was full. There definitely wasn't too many empty tables or empty seats, I should say. And so it was really, really good seeing that attendance, but even more so seeing the response that happened. Uh, Erica and Whitney kind of opened it up to everybody to basically talk about and to recognize some of the women that had impacted their career in this industry. And that was really cool to listen to. There's probably, I don't know, four, five, six, uh, maybe seven people in the audience that stood up and recognized folks. And I just, uh, it, it, was, it was really cool. And so thanks to them, I think we should open up every conference with the W Collective um, <laughs> throughout this industry because they do a fantastic job of getting everybody in the in the right frame of mind. You know, we've got, here's my final takeaway. We've got some really great up and coming leaders in this industry. And let me explain how I came to that conclusion. Leading up to the event, I was I was a bit disappointed that there were so few top brass or executives that were attending from the at least the you know the top national companies. I, you know, I've said it on this podcast several times, but this this is the event that I feel our current industry leaders can make the biggest contribution to the industry, especially for those that are going to be our future leaders. And so it, it was a bit frustrating not seeing a single executive from six of the top 10 management companies. Yeah, I kept score. And I get it. I, December is a tough month for those folks to travel. I completely get it. But as the conference got going and I started meeting a lot of folks who you know, or in those corporate and regional support roles, I was just really impressed with their leadership. I knew these folks had fantastic knowledge about the industry, but I was really impressed with how they participated in the discussions and just their vision for not just their own companies, but the industry as a whole. And so that was, that was really exciting to see. So I said that that was going to be the last point. There's actually one more point. So the thing about conferences that have dual tracks and multiple sessions happening at the same time, like like this one, you end up missing at least half of the content. But I've got the audio recordings and I've started going through all the sessions. Yes, I'm a nerd like that. And let me just say, I've been so impressed with the discussions that, that happen, especially in the interactive panels at the end of the conference. Actually, those are the only ones I've kind of got through right now. But it really gave attendees an opportunity to really voice problems that, as an industry, we need to overcome. And what's happening in the world as far as from a technology standpoint and from political and social standpoints. And those things are going to be real things that are going to end up influencing how we will manage student housing in the years to come. So it was great to to hear that. And so I highly suggest if you did not attend or even if you attended buy the audio recordings from interface if you attended i know it's 75 dollars, and you can share it with your old company not sure how much it is for non-attendees uh, i doubt it's over 200 dollars. so 
If you'd like to do that, I'll include in the show notes the contact info uh, for the person at Interface that you can get in touch with and they can send that to you. All right. So while at the conference, I, of course, took the opportunity to record some interviews. It's just something I do. And I mentioned a few weeks back that Student Housing Insight is not the only podcast about student housing. There is at least three others that are servicing the U.S. And those podcast hosts were all in attendance at LeaseCon TurnCon. So we took a few minutes to sit down and, and talk about things we are seeing in the industry. So enjoy this conversation. It was a lot of fun to make, and I think we'll see more of these collaborations in the future. But enjoy this. I am joined at LeaseCon with three of my favorite people that I wanted to introduce to everybody here at the... For those that couldn't be here at LeaseCon, I wanted to, to introduce these folks. But yeah, there's this conference ambiance behind us, but we just got finished with the opening session with the W Collective, which was fantastic. And um, of course, we had Erica and Whitney we did a quick recording with them before they actually went on, so excited about that. But what I wanted to do with this next group, and of course, I've got Adam here. Adam's one of our co-hosts. Hello. It's been a while. It's but been a while. It's It's been, what, a year since the last time? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I think the last one I did was at NMHC with... Uh, I feel like... No, nah, we did we did the... You oh, that's the we did DEI one. Yeah, we did. June, yeah. It's not been that long, then. Yeah. A couple of yeah, months. Yeah. yeah. So, Good to be back. So, yeah, welcome. Thank you. And glad you could make it out. And then we've also got another former co-host, Lincoln Ogata from Easy Turn. Yes, happy to be here again, Wes, as always. I like to talk, and I like to talk student housing, and I like my people. <laughs> this is a, an awesome core we have today. I'm excited about it. Well, and new, uh, I think this is the first time ever, we've got Brittany Oliver from COCM. Yes, hey, Brittany Oliver here. I'm super excited for LeaseCon this year, and I just think it's going to be great. Well, so the thing that is, uh, I guess, the common bond between the, the three of us, four of us, is podcasting and student housing. I wanted to make sure that we got to spend a little bit of time, and if anybody in our audience has not heard of your podcast, I wanted to make sure that they were aware of that because quite honestly i'm fans of both of them <laughs> and get a lot of information also get a lot of chuckles as well and just uh want to spend some time talking to you guys talk about what you're up to in in student housing and yeah we'll take it from there so Brittany, you're the first time guest why don't you tell us a little bit about student housing matters <laughs> all right so i'm Brittany oliver again i'm with cocm which is capstone on campus management and we have a blog and a podcast it's called student housing matters studenthousingmatters.com and what we do is we really focus on getting the voices behind student housing whether that is a president of an institution or a vendor or uh, an employee that has a story. We really want to hear what they bring to student housing, what their ideas are in student housing, and really the value that they hope to get out of student housing as well as the value that they're bringing to student housing. So our podcast really focuses on 
what value can we COCM give to the listeners? Mm -hmm. So we may have a a vendor on and they are coming on excited to talk about student housing and the value they're giving to servants. Yes. Great. You're plugging your, your business here, but really what about your business is giving the audience true value. So that's what we focus on. Yeah. You guys brought me a lot of value here because I guess you guys are probably the oldest student housing podcast that's out there because when I got started, of course, you Google it or, you know, look it up on the app store and that one came out and I guess it was, um, I'm forgetting. Alton, Alton thank you. I think he was doing it at that time. And yeah, it was a lot of kind of putting a light on folks that you guys were either in doing business with, with other universities, or there was a good portion of it that was really just focused to shining a light on COCM employees. And I love listening to those. It was great hearing everybody's experience, but love what you have brought to the podcast since I guess it's a year, two years now. It's been a year in November. So okay. I guess, what is this? What? 13 yeah. months? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's 13 awesome. months. So it's been a lot of fun. Finding content is surprisingly not as hard as I would have thought because the approach that I really, you know, when I looked at the podcast, I saw that there were, there was a push to really bring in leaders and big, you know, name people, whether it was a client that we worked with or an institutional leader. But I really thought that bringing the voice behind the people, their stories, um, how they got their company started. And one question that I always like to ask and maybe I got this from Tom Bilyeu of Impact Theory. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of him, but yeah. he always asks, you know, his final question is what's the impact that you want to leave on the world? So I always ask, what's the impact that you want to leave on student housing? And it's really interesting the answers you get. A lot of them are they don't have a lot to do with what they're actually doing. It's the big picture, the value behind these people and and you you really hear these servant mentalities. And that's really what I wanted to yeah. pull. I wanted to pull like what is what are we all really trying to achieve here? Yeah. So it's been fun. It's been exciting. And I'm excited for where it's hoping that I, where I'm hoping that it's going to grow. Well, Lincoln, I, I'm assuming that I got you so excited about podcasting as a, as a co-host <laughs> that you, you saw the value that it could bring to easy turn and, and uh, you and Chase went off and, and started your own. So for those that, that haven't heard, tell us a little bit about it and, yeah, no, uh, absolutely. First of all, Wes, obviously your inspiration. Uh, no, no, seriously. No, I, uh, I've said it from the beginning and I was excited um, the first time around to be able to do podcasts with um, Student Housing Insight early on. And I, I probably told you this back then, but I genuinely love student housing. I, I can't really explain it. I don't know. I, I love it. I love talking about it. I had nothing like this when I was on site. If something was out there, I didn't know about it you kind of have a tendency to feel really alone in student housing, especially, you know, even though our town had a lot of other student housing properties, you still kind of feel like it's your crew versus the world in that sense. And you see some managers and stuff at conferences and whatnot. But other than that, you don't feel like there's any media out there to consume. And obviously this is the era of podcasts. So it was awesome to know that there's actually people out there talking about things that I love and really the community that it brings to hear people. It's funny how like sharing issues that you have and having people even just nod their head. Like I do a lot of um, obviously sales from the company now and I'll, I'll bring up a, a, a sore point that I personally had 
that maybe at the time I had no one, no idea that anyone else had and people would nod their head or they, they look at each other and like kind of elbow each other. Like, look, everyone's experiencing the same thing. So that whole community has really grown through sharing and we didn't have a way to share other than within our yeah. community. So I think it's really cool to listen, even though we like to be our own companies and kind of our own um, cultures that we have ultimately we have some of the exact same issues and challenges that we face uh, in the workplace and in, in student housing. So yeah, we were really, I was really excited to work with student housing insight. And as far as what we have now, which is uh, the prop ops podcast, it's, you know, another avenue of that. One thing I think we're pretty unique on is, you know, we really like to focus on both off campus and campus. It's something that our product does too. We really focus on both. We kind of pride ourselves on the fact that we can work with both campus and off campus because they are different, but we do have a lot of the exact same similar issues that we run across. And so some of our guests have been from the university side and they have a whole different perspective. And I think it's kind of cool, you know, to be able to talk to someone like we had on Carl Dieso, who has worked on both and he has such great insight on, again, the differences and similarities that we have. But we, uh, we have a great time talking to people and really we just, you know, whether we have a bunch of views or not a bunch of views, we really enjoy talking to the people that we bring on. And uh, we've kind of really, I guess, had our niche inadvertently become spotlighting, but we really like spotlighting people. There's, there's great people. We come to these conferences, we know all the same names that kind of get brought up and they're kind of the ones that are at the top of that ladder often that we know that have been mm-hmm. around and they're kind of the staples. But, you know, we like to talk to people who we assume we're going to be the next staples, you know, in student housing. We had Brittany on. Uh, we Brittany. had them on. Yes. Oh, <laughs> vice versa. Yes. Sorry. That is correct. One day. Um, the the first student housing collab, huh? <laughs> yes. It was fun. Yes. No, but it's, it's great to be able to just talk to people. And we love talking to, to different people in the industry who are coming up. And uh, really, you know, and we'll see. Maybe in 10 years, look back, and these are all C-suite people. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe branch off and do their own thing. But we like to talk to people in that realm. We've had GMs on, regionals on, people that we come across. Obviously, often there are people that happen to be users. That's how we meet a lot of them. But even if not, we've had people on that are not users who we just, you know, have come across one way or another that we really think have a lot to give. Um, one thing uh, I'll, I'll talk on real fast is just really cool uh, concept or thought process here is, you know, some people don't move up because they don't want to leave their local area, you know, and I've think, I have in mind somebody, but some people will stay GMs because they don't want to leave that area and there's nothing for them to go elsewhere, but they have all kind of awesome knowledge to spread out that we really want to be a platform for people like that to really get their name out there and uh, just get out there what, what, what they want to get a lot of their wisdom. So we like to just talk and if people listen, that's fantastic. If not, we're going to talk either way. You'll have fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Adam, in, in some of your previous roles, you've, you've been really involved with the education of, of site managers and, and folks throughout you know, an entire organization. And I, one thing I wanted to really just kind of ask you is, do you feel like there's this type of medium, uh, a podcasting um, type of thing that companies should be looking at doing for you know, their own employees with as far as keeping them yeah. up to speed on what's going on in the company and then just highlighting each other. Yeah. And I think the podcast has become the newsletter of old for anybody who's ever listened to me talk. They know I'm a huge fan of Disney and uh, the former executive vice president of operations for Walt Disney world started the main street newsletter for the cast members. And now he does podcasts and that's kind of where I started falling back in love with podcasts. And so I, th- I, when it comes to learning, opportunities to learn are everywhere, right? You know, they're not just sitting down in front of a computer doing a module on a, a training platform or sitting in a conference like what we are now. I think that 
Um, podcasts are a huge way to do that. I mean, because everyone learns differently, right? Yeah. You know, some folks listen better and they write things down. Some folks like to watch things. And I think having those different mediums, we live in the age of technology. And so companies being able to utilize whatever methods to get information out to their employees. I think it's so critical. And I think spotlighting one another is huge. Lincoln and Brittany do, you know, I think that the key of that is having GMs, having, you know, find an RD or find a community assistant or someone, you know, that maybe not be the beginning. Cause I, we all know this, you know, like we talk about the high level folks that, that every, every time we come to a conference, it's the same folks, but Highlighting those folks who might be the next up and comers. I think that's so critical. And, you know, Wes, that's kind of how our relationship started. I actually, I think I emailed you and was like, hey, this is misspelled on your website. And you're like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> and, you know, and then you, we ended up, you know, I flew out to, uh, I think, Columbus, Ohio and did a, a Cincinnati, a, a, actually. Cincinnati, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. At the Cincinnati Zoo. Yeah, at the zoo. And, and it was like super quick turnaround, but it, that's kind of what I started. But anyway, I digress. Um, Yes, podcasts, any any form of medium to get your information. And again, the, the learning that people are sharing doesn't have to be formalized in some kind of learning management software. I think there's learning that happens everywhere. Conversations are so important and critical, and, and we learn from each other. That's that's how this industry goes on. It is a small industry. I mean, it is very small. It becomes a little bit bigger when you include the on-campus side of things. But, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I, I would be remiss of not mentioning you know, part of the reason what we exist is to take care of students. Yeah. So whenever we're able to share knowledge to help us be better at our job, we're ultimately sharing knowledge to help us better take care of, of the students in the residents that we serve. And I'm a huge proponent and fan of anything like that. So I, w- I wanted to ask Brittany and Lincoln a little bit about, you know, kind of the transition that you guys have, have done. Uh, Brittany, you got started in the, on the off campus in the conventional side and then moved over into this position with COCM. And I know there's some strategic things behind that for, for COCM. My question for you has just kind of been, what is that transition of, you know, being for you specifically, you know, being in that, that um, off campus world and then now trying to, to bring those skills over to an on campus world. What's, what's been the toughest thing? What's been the best thing? I would say, Yes, COCM was very strategic in their position in, in doing it, and, and it's really added a lot of, of value to our clients, both on-campus partners as well as just those owner-operator investors. I would say the downside is probably what we all experience, which is trying to get someone to spend marketing dollars before they need to spend marketing mm-hmm. dollars. And then I would say, really, there's been way more positives than any negatives. I believe that the trend for on campus is that they have to compete a little bit harder to keep students, you know, and really trying to get them to understand that the housing can play a huge part in enrollment. And that has been a really beautiful relationship showing them this is kind of where the industry is going. You know, we have this multifamily environment that we have to compete with but student housing is quickly moving to a very similar model yes you're still going to have your traditional you know people that want to live on campus that love living on campus but you know at the end of the day if a student can live somewhere else you're in a similar market as multifamily housing and I think that that has been really fun for me 
I think the challenging part is dealing with all the moving parts in student housing. You know, you've got so many different people that you have to answer to and appeal to. And in multifamily, it's just like, lease up. Like, how, yeah. how are we going to make it happen? And in, in, in student housing, you've got a little bit less budget sometimes. And you've got to really do a lot more in-house marketing and really trying to be flexible. And that's what I love about CFCM. There's nothing cookie cutter about our organization we really cater every every contract to the client. Yeah. So there's really nothing that really looks the same, which is why it's difficult for one working with vendors because we're like, you know, the one size fits all approach doesn't work for, yeah. for our clients. So there's, there's the ups and the downs, but overall, I, I really love it. Well, fantastic. Lincoln, the transition I wanted to ask you about has been from, you know, being – you were a site manager in, in student housing after, you know, you came out of the Navy, then moved into on campus at University of Kentucky and that relationship with, with EDR at the time. And then you met Chase Menenfield. <laughs> and, um, and, and you guys had this passion of, of just making turn as efficient as you possibly could, um, which – led you guys down a road of, of starting a tech company. Uh, you know, my question for you is just, because I think we see a lot of, and we actually had a panel on this at, I think the last summit that we had in Charlotte back in 2019, um, of talking about people making that jump from being on site, being on the owner operator side to being on the service side. You know, you didn't go work for a real patron in Trotta. You, you built this thing, you know, you and Chase. How is that, transition been you know from a being an employee to being an entrepreneur would you suggest it to anybody else <laughs> yeah so yeah I, as with most things i've plenty to talk about on um, this but i'll keep it short i promise first of all i'll be completely honest and say i ignored 98 percent of all emails when i was on site from anybody trying to sell me anything or talk Absolutely. to me about anything <laughs> yeah. so it's 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 quite um comical to be on this side i'm on now <laughs> shooting out never thinking I'd be on this side of it. I'm a natural skeptic. So it's very bizarre it, it, uh, that I ever got here. And when I tell people I used to work with that I do this now, they crack up because first of all, apparently they'll tell me that obviously I've been a salesperson, even though I never really saw myself as that. But they're like, of course you're a vendor now. Um, but I couldn't <laughs> stand it. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And it was really just because I had so much on my plate and do. And so I really try to take that mentality into it when I go to selling and, and be empathetic with people on their side. They, everyone's hands are full, right? So we don't want to deal or, or deal with that email. We have a bunch of parent emails or resident emails we're dealing with. We don't want to deal with someone trying to sell us something. That's how it started. So you're right. When I got onto working with Chase, it was really uh, a something that was burning within me. I already was laser focused on something to fix the summer process. And then I felt like he came and we're just speaking words to me. And he was like, we literally met at a Blaze Pizza. And he was like, I love I'm really Blaze. thinking about, <laughs> he's like, I'm really thinking about creating something for the turn space, like some kind of app or way to make it easier. And I felt like he had been following me around because literally I had mocked up this whole thing my last year at UK about what I wanted to do. I really wanted this whole concept of like almost QR codes on door frames or some other version of it. And so when he talked about it, I was like, went home and talked to my wife and I was like, I don't know, this feels a little too weird. It lines up really nicely. My wife had just started becoming a real estate agent. So it was kind of a time if I was going to go, I was going to go. So I ended up, you know, making that transition over to doing it, but I'll stop the, that part of the story there. But I do, I do say, I say it on my podcast. I say it when I talk to anybody, 
people don't really think about it, but the GM, the typical, let's say three or four year GM has such an amazing skill set. Whenever I talk to a lot of these other vendors at these conferences that are not from student housing, they'll say, you know, how can we better sell to student housing? Like, what can we do knowing that my background is in student housing? And I'm like, look, we're a uh, we're an amazing group, but we like to talk to our own. We we have to hear it from other people before we do something right. So I would tell them, I was like, if you're not at least you're not trying your hardest unless you go grab somebody from student housing to help sell your product. The typical GM is someone who uh, is self-motivated, already an expert in sales, Mm -hmm. marketing, running a team, and all this usually before 25, they get their first experience. (laughs) There is such a package ready to go. And, you know, it's not for everyone to go career. A lot of people it is. But, you know, to go out and try to grab a GM or find someone from that realm, go snatch one up and, and get them on the sales side and help them talk and help you sell from there. So I always talk to vendors and encourage them to go find former GMs or something yeah. like that. Cause I think it's an amazing skill set that can be used almost anywhere, especially in a sales role yeah. to yeah, other student sure. housing people. Yeah. Not just, not just from the sales standpoint, but also, I think also just making the product or the service better for student housing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I immediately started starting to think of half a dozen people, but I won't name them by names of, or name their names, but it was one of those things where they made that transition and then, you know, follow up with them six months, a year later, ask them how things are going. They're like, you know, I'm really working a lot more on the development of the, the platform or the service than I am selling to anybody right now because there were so many things that needed to be made better to serve the student housing industry better. So, yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great that's some great advice to the, to the vendors. Tell me a little bit about when it comes to that entrepreneurial process, what's been, I guess, the most satisfying, you know, when it comes, is it, is it building the product and then constantly updating it? Is it building the team? Is it just interacting with your customers? What, what is it for you? Chase and myself, we were kind of the, the only ones with the company for the first part. And both of us, we, we have different personality types and, and we kind of fill each other's strengths as weaknesses and vice versa. So we really end up being a good first team, but we're both workers and we're both, we'll throw work at whatever it is to get going. It's really, really hard to start a company like this. First off, we were bootstrapped from the beginning and we were coming into an industry where people were like, people do this, right? That's always what people said. People already do this. People, why would you come here? People do this already. And we were just hard headed and we thought, well, know, I, I I got stuck with the do what nobody is doing. Nobody was doing it before you guys were doing it. That was our thought. And we just thought we weren't explaining it right. Right. So we were trying to explain it. We've always done it this way. Why would you do something different? Yes. Maybe closer to that. Right. Like we already have an Excel sheet. Why do we need, you know, we've been doing this, but our our site teams manage that. You've been using a a spreadsheet that actually nobody uses because they end up just putting their own paper boards up on their wall. Yeah. Yeah. And it ends up being, or it ends up being double work because it was so interesting to talk from the site to the C-suite where they're like, oh yeah, our people are using this and we'll go to the sites and they're like, oh, we do it our own way and then we have to go at the end and fill in mm-hmm. everything to make our c-suite happy right yeah like we have to go in and do extra homework to make them happy right so we never want to be that we want to genuinely be easier right so we work every year to get closer to that but it is the disconnect from talking to people or trying to sell at that higher level and they say our people already we already have this and then we'll go talk to the gms one way or another and they're like 
oh, oh, that thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I knock it out at the end of the turn. I fill it all in at the end of the turn. Yeah. None of it in real time. I just make sure it's all done because if not, they'll come down on me if I don't have it done. But I actually have my own board that I do to manage turn. And we hear that over and over and over again. So there is a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't want to complain, right? So that makes sense. So, but yeah, we came into it, like Wes said, we thought we're the only ones who were doing this, right? We really wanted to focus and build something uniform. I, maybe that's the military part. We wanted something uniform. It used to be everyone does it their own way. Unless you mess up, no one looks at you. If you survive it and no complaints, no news, no anything, you're good. But we really wanted to do that. And it's hard to start this, in, you know, in this industry and neither Chase or I are developers. So then we had to go trust people. We always joked about it because we would try to see if the work matched the amount of hours we were paying early on. But we have no idea how long it takes to do anything. <laughs> so we would just kind of nod our head and be like, yep, okay, that's not, yeah, that sounds like a good, that was a good week then. And we have no idea if it takes them five minutes and they told us it took us a week. Early on, we had other outside developers. So then we hired our own and really educated ourselves um, about development and stuff. So software is so tough. And then the, the, when you talk about challenges, the first thing I can think of is, Adam kind of brought it up, the overall disdain for anything new. There's just an overall disdain for anything new. And, and that happens to us as GMs on sites or working in this industry. People throw stuff at us all the time. And I totally get that. I really, really do. For our customers, I get that. But also, there are things that are beneficial and they do take a little bit. And it's funny you say like no one thinks they need anything. But yet, what's the most common complaint? You get enough student housing people together around, especially, let's say, September timeframe. And they're all complaining about turn mm-hmm. and how tough turn was and how like, so they can say they have something for it. But I heard those conversations. I was part of those conversations. So um, it was really hard to work through that. Of course, I could get into COVID and everything else, but it's a it's crazy to start an industry. When you say the most satisfying thing, two things. One, I mentioned it earlier, when you're doing a call with people with their cameras on and you're mentioning things that you do and people's eyes light up or they'll write in the chat I had this other day, wow, that's amazing. I would have killed for that on site. Like literally yeah. people messaging mm-hmm. us. So that's one thing, seeing them visually. Number two is the fact that And Wes, I feel like you can appreciate this more than maybe anybody because he's been with us really from the beginning. I feel like he's been another partner and he has been uh, a great mentor. Yeah, you send me a check any day. Yeah, right. We, we, put, we, we put all our money in uh, cryptocurrency that we're going to give you and it's gone. Oh, I'm goodness. sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but uh, no, the most satisfying thing is that now there is a category called turn software. And I can't even say that without smiling because it's so crazy because it wasn't a thing. And now it's not only are we there, people literally use the term turn software that blows my mind because when we started there was no such thing as a turn software and so now we've been around for four or some years so and literally a new term is out it's i'm going to stop you there and go over I've, I've picked up this from a round table tonight i had this all right for those in the audience that, that don't know that don't haven't kept up the past couple of weeks i launched a tech survey right before thanksgiving it ended the uh the monday before thanksgiving and my, the basis behind this was really just to find out, and it was really property management system focused in, in large part. And the plan was, you know, this is to help with content, with shop talk and, and the podcast and everything else and kind of just get my, get a pulse on, you know, for myself on what's happening from a tech standpoint w- within the industry. And it's amazing. One of the things in here, of course, everybody's on Entrada. Appfolio kind of came in second. And, you know, that's mainly because a lot of the, you know, the scattered site shadow market folks are using the, the Appfolio software, but, or platform, I should say. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see that gain um, a lot of popularity. But the one thing that everybody, no, I shouldn't say everybody, 70% of the people said, What's the one thing that your PMS is not doing very well was turn management. 
And so, yeah, it's, I think you guys hit it on the head. Again, I don't know what it is with those property management companies that are out there. I've been in this for over 25 years. You guys have, you know, been in this long enough. We begged for this and begged for this and begged for this. And nobody could step up and do it. But you guys did it. And it's been fantastic seeing you guys grow. It's been fantastic seeing some other folks, uh, you know, come in and play in the space. And, and I just, I wish you, I wish you guys all well. And, and I hope some of these property management systems are, they come across and send you and chase a big check one day. <laughs> we'll I hope so too. I mean, I don't think people realize the long-term impact of the, of the software just with, you know, retention. I mean, yeah. missing things. I mean, it used to be like the first month you could win over the resident for the most part. I saw a report recently, and they said within the first three days, the students are now saying, I'm probably not going to live here next year. Yeah. Three days. I'm like, yeah. what in the Gen Z is six this? Weeks. <laughs> yeah. had six so, weeks. So, I mean, I really, you know, I love what y'all are doing, and I really think a lot of those processes can significantly help. And I think if pe- more people knew that, they'd be signing up left and right. I'm try- I'm working on it right now for <laughs> <laughs> on our side. But, yeah, it's, it's an amazing platform. Well, I, yeah, the Prop Ops podcast, uh, it's something that over the past, I, really since, since the summer, I mean, you guys were, I guess you guys launched, what, a year ago? About a year ago. And, and it was a little, you know, there wasn't a lot of consistency there, but. Not at you all. Know, we don't have the fancy setup. We're working on it, Wes. I like Wes to always uh, let us know what we can do to have I'm, a better I'm texting, podcast. Yeah. He sounds so great. Oh, he he's not, even, so he's not even asking. I'm just texting like, yeah. dude, you got to fix your audio. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk mics next week. <laughs> this is hurting. But uh, but no, I mean, the content is just fantastic between Corey, James, and... Um, Garrett does a lot with us. Garrett, too, yeah. 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 I, I mean, the perspective that you guys bring to, you know, to that is just fantastic. It's not even... It's not just how to make things better return how to you know how to use the product but it's also just day in day out and you know facility management these are the things that you're having to deal with these are the things that you're needing to you know keep an eye on so i think it's a fabulous resource from that standpoint adam any other thoughts well i mean i think at the end of the day you know just talking about the turn the piece I, you know i'm a huge fan of turn you know lincoln you and i have talked we how many years back and forth we've got over this, you know, um, I'll say it again at the end of the day, just keep in mind what, why this industry exists in my tenure here. I think that budgets have shrunk. Staff has shrunk. We have exported a lot of the things that we do to a software, whether it be AI or otherwise. And so I think, it's just critical, you know, utilizing the resource from both these, all three podcasts, Student Housing Insight yeah. included, um, just to be better, to make yourself better, in turn, be better for the, the students and residents that we serve. And you can't go wrong there. I, 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 one thing that has been stuck with me is, is the company I was most recently with, the last theme that we had was the future lives here. Yeah, And that really resonates with me even still because, and this is for those touchy-feely folks out there who just are warm and fuzzy inside, but you never know when the next president is going to live at your community or the doctor that finds a cure for cancer or a person who is of great influence in the world. Taking care of those folks that have entrusted you to be their provider or industry partner, you know, what you're serving to the folks who are doing that, I think is so critical. 
Yeah. I'll go on forever, so I'm just gonna cut it off there. And that I just sounded great. <laughs> It was great. I have to say one more thing too, a perspective change that I've had. My oldest is, is 14 years old and I will tell you. You're thinking about it now, it aren't you? It changes everything. Yeah. It, it um, I, I haven't been on site in a couple of years per se, but it uh, literally, as I think about, I make the joke all the time to her and say, four more years, you know, you got to get out. I love you, but you got to get out. But just thinking about that next community that's going to look out for her. Mm -hmm. And it makes me look at everything different, safety different. Mm -hmm. I want to know, you know, her interactions. I want to know if it's a community that she can ask dumb questions to if it yeah. comes to that and, and, and get real information. I want there to be people that are examples of, of upstanding citizens to be people in those communities, you know, as, as people she'll be around. But I will say when you kind of mentioned that, what a perspective change being a parent is to think about how we treat people in our communities. And it's wild. Like it, it, it sounds so cliche and generic, but it's so deep and it hits so differently to think about, you know, everyone can say that everyone here is someone's, you know, daughter, son, but it yeah. really, really is crazy to think about because yeah. my daughter is about there. I think one of the best compliments I got kind of in a regional VP of ops role was actually from someone that they weren't on the owner operator side. They were actually part of the uh, not a company that I worked with, but it, they were had actually worked with or had actually owned their own um, telecom, providing high-speed internet, that type of thing, for these communities specifically. And I didn't know that, but he actually came in on the day of move-in and, you know, wanted to talk to the manager. And, of course, you know, I'm sitting here overhearing it, and I was like, oh, gosh, what? Because I'm not the manager, uh, <laughs> but... I know I'm going to end up getting involved in this conversation and he comes in or the manager goes and speaks with them. And he said, I just want to tell you guys, you guys did a fantastic job. I, wow. you know, I work for ABC company and I've been a part of these student housing move-ins for the past six, seven years. And I've not seen anything go as smooth as what wow. happened today. I mean, that was the best compliment. And yeah, I'm now, my daughter's 17 she has no desire to go to college, <laughs> but it's one of those things like, yeah, even if she uh, does community college or whatever she wants to do and she moves in with some friends, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, even now I'm thinking, okay, what's her property manager going to be like? What, you know, what, what kind of concerns are they going to have about my 18, 19, 20 year old daughter that's, that's going to be living with them. So now I completely get that. That resonates quite a bit. Well, um, Really quick, one more time, just plug your podcast really quick. We'll also put the links in the show notes as well so that everybody can keep up. But Lincoln? But yeah, we're uh, the Prop Ops Podcast. We are um, about everywhere. We have a, a great marketing director now. It's so great to grow from two people to get professionals in, in what they do <laughs> and to not have it lay on us because we were not good at it. But Marketing's the, so much better now that Eric is there. Absolutely, <laughs> Eric is fantastic. Um, the Prop Ops podcast, though, um, I know it's called Easy Network on YouTube, but you can look us up by the Prop Ops podcast on about everything else. And ours is um, with COCM, and it is the Student Housing Matters podcast, where we explore ideas with leaders in higher education and the student housing profession. So anyone from institutional leader to a potential client existing or potential like I said um, anything from employees as well as like like Lincoln said these up-and-coming emerging leaders I mean we had a marketing coordinator I interviewed yeah. her she's Gen Z she gave us a wealth of information talking to 
her whole podcast was about emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. So again, just wanting to share the stories behind the people in our industry is really what our purpose is. So there is one other podcast and, and I've kind of got an empty seat here. I, I was, I had hoped that um, Matt Pavlik with grow uh, marketing would be able to, to join us, but he recently launched of all names, the student housing marketing podcast. <laughs> and so, um, and I love that because it's so specific and he's only been doing it for a couple of months now. He's had some really great guests and I've learned some things there as well, especially when it comes to what's happening with Google analytics and SEO and all that kind of stuff. So definitely check that out as well. Again, you can just find it with by Googling the student housing marketing podcast. Well, guys, thanks so much. Have fun at, uh, at the cocktail hour and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, thanks everyone. Appreciate it. Well, guys, that's it for this episode. I do want to remind you about our monthly webinar called shop talk and shop stands for student housing operations. January Shop Talk is scheduled for January 10th. So if you are not registered, make sure you go to the website at shoptalk.info and you can register there to receive monthly calendar invites as well as review previous Shop Talks as well. All right, everyone, hope you enjoyed this episode. Happy New Year and good luck to you in 2023. Take care.